0: Heaven and earth. Oh, hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Let's sing it again, can't we? Oh,
1: what a mighty God! Oh,
0: my Jesus, my Jesus, yeah. hallelujah, Jesus, yeah. thank you, Lord Jesus. Jesus, bow before Him. What a mighty God! Jesus Praise God! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus praise the lord hallelujah aren't you glad your god's a mighty god you're not the only one that has a god you know that some folks god is sports some folks god is money and this and that and the other but when you hate to think sports was your mighty god couldn't heal you when you got sick couldn't encourage you when you got down especially if your team lost. So if politics was your God, then somebody in this building, I mentioned that Wednesday is going to be sad Tuesday night. But the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, He's not just good to help us here in this life, but one of these days when this body has gone back to dust. And if time goes on, goes back to acids he'll speak and will raise praise be to God hallelujah thank you lord thank you lord thank you lord Lord jesus well i feel like shouting a little bit praise the lord hallelujah thank you lord thank you jesus Hallelujah. One of the ministers had had pasted a thing this week on a minister's chat that I'm on. and He was overseas. A friend of mine had shared with him and then he shared it with the rest of us brothers that they just finished a poll in Switzerland. And they found that 37% of the people that were polled in Switzerland didn't believe there was a God. It's increasing more and more around the world. No doubt a much larger percentage here in America would believe there is no God. So after he posted that, I posted Psalms 14.1. The fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. So if there's anybody here tonight or anybody streaming the service and you're saying there is no God, I've got one word for you. I'm not going to mince words. I ain't worried about being politically correct. If you don't think there's a God, you're a fool, according to the Bible. According to the Bible. To me, it takes more faith to believe Darwinism than it does creationism. When you look at the animals, and you look at the universe, and you look at the things, and how they just decided, one day, one day, in the Amazonian forest, there is a, a certain little hopper, a little bug of a thing, that has long sloping wings, a white-looking diagram, sort of looks similar to an eye. She lays her eggs on a certain plant. Then there is a certain ant which comes and does guard duty. Now, these ants stay on these little insects until they're big enough to be able to form a butterfly, which is what they look like. So these ants stay there and guard these little insects their whole life. Now, what these little larvae do is they secrete a sweetness from their body which feeds the ant. Now, isn't that smart of them bugs? I mean, they just, they was a blob one day, and they just decided, you know what? We need to make a team. And there was another blob laying over here next to that blob, and that blob said to this blob, I'll be the ant blob, and you be the butterfly blob, and we'll just kind of blob along. How's that for blobbing? People that would believe such nonsense are idiots. I don't care if they're professors. I don't care if they're doctors. I don't care if it's a president. They're idiots. They ain't got a lick of sense. And they feel sorry for us. We not only believe in a living God, we see Him among us. Praise the Lord. So let me ask you this for those who believe in evolution. Do they see that still happening? So if evolution is their God, then why aren't we evolving out of this mess we're in? Why aren't the bugs and the trees and the planet, I mean, hey, it's, it's bad. Right. Well, if evolution is a God and all-powerful and all-knowing, it still should be ongoing. Right. 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 Well, I'm not sure who that was for, but there you go. Right. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. My goodness, Lord. Pre-sermon, Song of Solomon, uh, that don't count now on my my preaching time, that was just, Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 15. Take us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. 2 Timothy 4.10, we've been reading this for a few services, but. Let's read it again. We'll try to cover this guy maybe tonight or tomorrow one. For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica. Now, if you know the history of Demas, you know that Demas was a rich man, businessman. His family had great businesses in Thessalonica. Demas did not become an infidel. Demas did not turn into an unbeliever and not believe any further in God. But he kept wanting to believe in God and be identified as a preacher, but in a more compromised state. Because he got to looking at Paul, which wound up as only one coat, and had to leave his buddy up in a certain place because his buddy got sick, and Paul seemed like lost his ability to pray for the sick, and the coppersmiths run him out of town, and it seemed like that Paul was losing his ministry. And it became very, very much of a reproach of following this preacher around because this preacher got so low in his walk and his face that he started carrying a doctor with him everywhere he went. Dr. Luke. Luke was the doctor. So Paul got so low that he had to start carrying this doctor around with him everywhere he went. So Demas looked at him and said, there's something wrong with this guy. He's he's, he's washed up. He's losing his ministry. He got off at the end. Praise the Lord. But we know, of course, no better. You remember the story that Brother Adam tells about Brother Bosworth when he said you know what I'm going to do Brother Branham whenever I get there to heaven and he said I'm going to walk up I'm going to walk right up to Demas and I'm going to hit him as hard as I can right in the face and say why did you leave Paul? Brother Branham said if I was you I'd be careful about wanting to go where Demas wound up. Praise the Lord. I don't want to be like Demas, do you? Now, we're going to speak again tonight, Lord willing, on the little fox of an unsurrendered life. I don't mind telling you, I've become so overwhelmed as I've started looking at this. Uh, I know there's got to be an end to it, but I just don't see it in sight, really. But let's just bow our heads together. How many would like to be remembered tonight? I certainly need your prayers as well. Would you pray for me? Heavenly Father, as we approach you tonight, we're so grateful, Lord Jesus, that we have the living God among us. All praise the Lord. Father, we thank you for saving us. Thank you for filling us with the Holy Ghost, giving us a desire to serve you. When the world is groping in such darkness, Lord Jesus, we thank you the light of God is present in this day. We ask you tonight, Father, that you'd be mindful of us, that you'd speak to us from your word. May you take our hearts and Make our hearts fertile ground by which the Spirit of God can take the seed word and sow it in our hearts so it will produce a crop that is pleasing to you. Heavenly Father, I have in my hand tonight this prayer cloth for Sister Jan Winters. Lord Jesus, we ask you that you would just be with our sister, that you would help her. Lord, you see the difficulties in her body, how she would love to be able to be here in church. Father, would you touch her, Lord? Would you please help her, Lord God? Would you move for Lord, and just give her strength to be able to come back to the house of God? Lord, other needs that was represented tonight by the raising of the hand. Lord, I'm so needy of you, Father. Lord God, no doubt I'm the most needy person that's here. Lord, I pray that you'd help me. Help me to get out of the way. Help me to surrender, Lord God, my mind, my thinking. Help me to surrender everything I am to move it apart, Lord Jesus, that you can speak to me. These children of yours have come here tonight. They need you. They're hungry. Father, they need strength. They need courage. Help me to be a mouthpiece, Lord. Speak to us tonight, we ask in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. And the saints said, God bless you saints. You may be seated. A complete surrender brings the reality of God into every heart, unlike any other thing that you and I can do. We could pray, we could fast, we could read our Bible, we could attend church faithfully, we could pay our tithes, you could pay 20% if you want, you can pay 50% if you want, that won't bring any closer to God. You could give your goods to the poor. You could do so many things that you're able to do on your own without much sacrifice. But it will never bring the realities of God until we can be able to reach a place uh, where we have given to God that which we hold back of an unsurrendered attitude. We know that God desires so much to have a church, a people that will walk with Him, that will be His subjects in so much that the Spirit of God will be able to take Him in the last days. And through that bride, that vine on the earth, that He will be able to live His own life, continue His own ministry in so much that Brother Bram said that whenever He went away, He will come back again for a body, a church on the earth, that will have the same type of ministry that he had when he was here. And that was a supernatural ministry acting in the body. Did they save the world? Nope. Did they turn the world upside down as far as numbers? Nope. They did not. But they did to those that was able to receive it. Now, Brother Branham mentions it to us, of course, in several places here. And let me just read a couple. And Al Shaddai said, when you come to a total obedience, then you can have possession. So, possession then is based upon believing, of course, that God is, and believing that He is for you. It wouldn't do any good for you to believe him in, in general that God could do it if you don't make it personal for yourself. And then being able to come to that spot to where we can enter into full possession is always us giving up more of that which hinders us that releases or creates a space within our mind, within our soul, a vacancy as it was. And then it allows the Spirit of God to come in us in a greater way. We'll never get any more of God. God until we are willing to give something away and this is where of course the struggle always is because we want to so protect that which we feel like we are we hold on to tradition we hold on to isms and we hold on to various things and those things are the very points in our life that bring us to that spot that hinders so much notice again he says when God plants his promise in you it becomes a living reality than something is different You just don't go and say, yes, I believe it. Now, that's all right. The devil believes it like that. And we know that is an intellectual faith. But it's confirmed to you and the word becomes alive in you which the devil will never be able to have. Thank God for that. Then you begin to see what it is. Again, unfailing realities. How can God show you realities before you surrender yourself to Him? You've got to surrender. Now, to me, it's still, still a a partial mystery I understand part of it but yet it's still a partial mystery to me how that people can be able to give God a portion of themselves and God will actually take that portion and use it now let let me speak this to you so you'll be able to understand even about music now it offends some people around the message because we will sing songs that are written and sung by people who are not in the Message. So we will be offensive to them, you know, if we sing a song and it's good words It may be Scriptural verses and they want to know well who wrote that song was it? What message church did they come from? Where did they come from? Well, they didn't exactly come from a message church, but it was a secular singer with said gospel singer. Oh, we don't do that in our church. Them people knowing it are known of the devil. We do not allow anybody to sing songs in our church that was not written by a message person. Well, I find that very strange since the prophet messenger himself did not preach that as a doctrine. As a matter of fact, you'll find most of the songs that Brother Branham sang were not written by message people. Brother Branham's song sung songs that was wrote by him, but if you look at the song that Brother Branham sings in Shreveport in 1965, On the Wings of a Snow White Dove, and you do a little bit of research on that song, it will be shocking what you find out. That that song was written by Furlan Husky. It was actually a number one song on the country and western charts. It was not written by a message person, it was not even written by a saved man. The song that we sing around here that many of you have sung all of your life, I saw the light, I saw the light, that wasn't written by a Christian man. Praise the Lord. But yet inspiration falls on people and I agree. Sometimes we have to modify the beat. Sometimes we have to modify and maybe leave out this chord and leave out this progression and this and that. We do it the Happy Valley style of it for sure. But yet it does not mean that we're the only ones that gets inspiration. Let me just go ahead and shock you a little more. I can see you're an ultra mega shock. So let me go ahead and shock you tonight. You know what? There'll be many foolish virgin preachers that'll stand up in the morning and they will preach sermons to foolish virgin people that almighty God gave that sermon to that preacher to help them foolish virgins make it through the tribulation period. Praise the Lord. That's exactly right. Who is it that you figure is going to help them people make through it? Absolutely right. It's the Spirit of God. So it's the same way with songs. It's the same way with inspiration. The Spirit of God can fall on the just and the unjust. And there are people who are able to hear things, and they're able to be inspired and get in. Oh, bless God, Brother Donnie. I would never sing a song or read a scripture from anybody that ever backs Oh Well, we're going to have to tear out the scripture I just read the Song of Solomon then, because the man who wrote that, who wrote Ecclesiastes, who wrote Proverbs, his heart fell away from God, he became become an idol worshipper, come on, Happy Valley. So we are going to throw all of his songs away, all of his inspiration away. When he was a servant, submitted to God, the inspiration was genuine, pure, and right. That's exactly right. So, you know, but can those people then ever count? Oh my, there's gifted songwriters, it just just astounds you how they're able to write. And yet you look at their life and you find out they not only write gospel songs, they write country love songs. And they write this type of song and that type of song. And yet they're able to give that, they're able. Look at some of the country singers, many of them learn how to sing in church. Many of them, what do they do when they go to Ryman Auditorium down in Nashville? of them will do a lot, what are they, one or two or three gospel songs, and the people will sit there and cry, and they have the ability to sing, and you can sense the anointing, and they're able to surrender that one song in their entertainment, and the Spirit of God will move, which will be a witness against them at the day of judgment. That's right. Because they will submit that gift to God for that long a time, and the presence of God will come down. And God may even deal with a backslider sitting there, deal with somebody sitting there and then feeling the Spirit of God. Don't you understand how much He wants folks to be saved? How much that He. Look, for we're becoming worse than any denomination that's ever been. We feel like we've got some kind of hold on God that God can't do anything without us. He'll do whatever He wants without us. Everyone. of us are replaceable. Happy Valley Church is replaceable. Donnie Reagan is replaceable. Every person here is replaceable. The only one here tonight that's not replaceable is him. All the rest of us are replaceable. That's right. So we can't put no hold on God and say, God, you can't do this and you can't do that. Look, we got some brothers in our ranks that so emphasize miracles and signs and wonders as if, though, that's the only sign God gives his people. Let me tell you something. There's Pentecostal people out yonder that pray for the sick. They have miracles. They have all kinds of things that happen to them. Come on now. That within itself is not a sign that God is with us. Praise be to God. Well, hallelujah. I thought I was done a shotgun preaching after Wednesday night. And here I go again tonight. Now, so people can be able to surrender a certain part of themselves to the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God will take that part that they give, and he will anoint that part in order to be a blessing, a help, an encouragement, or whatever more. And yet they would retain maybe a big portion of who they are, say 75, 25. They give God 25%, and they will be able to submit that to God, and God will actually use that. And then they will keep the biggest portion of themselves for their own self, their own interests, their own desires. And yet the prophet tells us that God will use that part that we give to him. It's the same way with preachers, with singers, with songwriters, with musicians. A person might give their hands to God. They might give their ears to God. And yet they retain an element of their pride, their prestige in their heart. And yet they look at what they're giving to God by their hands on the keys or their fingers on a strings or whatever more and they think they're doing so much and they're giving so much to God but they're holding so much more by what they're keeping inside of their heart. Y'all going to preach with me tonight? Now whenever we look at that always you know one character that always sticks out to me when I think along those lines I'm sure you do as well is Samson of the Old Testament. Now Samson was this type of a man that he was able to give his sinews to God. He was able able to give his bill to God and we know that he was a shrimp when he was a little short, sort of a guy but apparently with all this muscular display that the spirit of God used that it built something within Samson that it made Samson's human strength actually stronger than it was before God started using it now that's a danger with any person because the more we get in the channel of God the more confident that we begin to display but if we're not Careful, that will be the very thing that will lead to our downfall. So actually he starts out as a curly-headed shrimp. And he has seven little mama curls hanging down his back, sissy curls the probably called it, and he kind of hanging around his mama's skirt tail. So here he was, started out as a weak little sort of a guy that amounted to nothing. But the more he surrendered to God, the stronger actually that he got. Now it come to a place to where that he could be able to feel a little bit of confidence and maybe you know he'd go down to the gym and that would all life at him and he'd first come into gold's gym or whoever's gym it was and he couldn't even get the things off the ground they'd just life at him and life at him but the more he surrendered himself to God and the spirit of God was able to move on him then he began to notice there was something about his humanity that began to correspond to the anointing so then it was actually building something within in him to where that the was a transfer or a dispensational change in Samson to where Samson got to where a little bit of this strength actually became his own. Now you take any musician that is here, uh, whether they was taught how to play or whether it was a gift from God. Uh, hey back there, brother the way, most of these brothers that you hear play, they did not go to school to be taught how to play or the singers here at the church go to school to be taught how to play. Same with me. My mama told me D- E and D and G. And And then from there, I learned how to play. My uncle and them prayed for me years ago and asked God to help me. And from there, it came. But as you begin to do that, then your own ability, your intellect, your gift expands, and you pick up certain things. You hear from others, and then you begin to incorporate that. So you get to where you can play with or without the anointing. Now, why is that? It's because your ability is so expanding under the anointing time that you get to where your human comprehension your human ability is getting better preachers get to where they can preach with or without the holy ghost that's right and many folks are living right so called without a God called Holy Ghost filled life and you know what Me, the message folks are no more than Amish, Mennonite, Heterites or whatever more, they dress that way not because of the indwelling presence of God but it's just the way they do and it's what clothes are in their closet so they put them on, so it doesn't mean that they're born again and it's the same way then whenever a person would get under the anointing that we must always remember when we are doing that we are expanding our humanity under the impulse of the presence of God now the more we go the more we learn the more capable we become and the more danger area we're stepping into because our human ability is expanding now it's a parallel catch 22 if you will to where the more we learn how to surrender the more God can flow through us but the more we're under that anointing the more dangerous it is because in case we fall back in our humanity that our humanity is getting stronger and stronger our comprehension of quoting the word if it's a preacher our ability to remember chords and you know algorithms and this and that and the other it becomes greater and greater and then a person can sit down and do it in church out of church it don't matter Elvis Presley didn't uh, get, you know get to a place he couldn't talk actually got out of church Elvis learned how to dance and shake his leg you know where in the assembly of God church so then he incorporated his dance and his body movements and shaking his leg and all of that where did he learn that by a reaction of the Holy Ghost dancing under a Pentecostal anointing. And then he brings that Pentecostal move that he learned in church up on the platform. Now, people would have never went to church and watched that. They would have laughed and ridiculed and made fun of it. Isn't it amazing? They're seeing a man impersonate Pentecostal dancing upon a platform and they go wild over it. Amen. Now, if it had been some mom or some daddy or some saint of God that had been shouting in a church that had called them holy rollers and run them out on a rail but here this guy actually sells his soul to the devil praise the Lord, sells his soul out to the devil then he takes that thing which he learned in the Pentecostal thing and yet those of you that know the history of Elvis know that nearly at the end of every concert he would go back to his room or go back to where he was and he would finish the night with drinking and drugs singing gospel songs loved to sing with the Stamps Quartet and all of those to me he was a miserable human being that come to a spot that he crossed the Line yet, knowing where the real truth really was. I hope somebody's going to hear me tonight and Samson when I look at Samson that's the kind of man I see I see a man in a paradoxical state I see a man that is really a weakling but I see a man that has become strong I see a man that doesn't have very much substantial faith from within himself but I do see a man who's learned how to surrender a thing to God that God gave him and the more he surrenders and it also produces more of a self confidence in within in him. I see a man that to me I pity. I look at Samson and we, we rejoice in his victories, but his outcome is always so sad. And that is that he allowed the enemy that he was sent to destroy to finally annihilate him. And you look at Samson and to me is the epitome of an unsurrendered heart. Now as it goes on under the anointing, let me read your quote so you'll understand and you'll be able to say amen to me. You know I'm not off on left field somewhere. But the man said, look at Samson, God God can only use what you surrender to him. Samson was a... Okay. So he started out as a shrimp, a mama's boy. But now when the prophet catches him in this stage of his life, he's a big, strong man. How was he growing under the anointing? In the service of God, he was becoming a big, strong man. Friend, I hope you understand what I'm saying tonight. A big, strong man. He had a lot of strength. So he come from a shrimp to a man with a lot of strength. Why? Because the muscles, the Holy Ghost was anointing, was becoming exercised. So whenever he was picking up a jawbone, when he was doing all that he was doing, his muscles in the natural sense, it was a form of exercise. So he was actually building and no doubt his muscles was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So he went from looking like Mrs. Atlas to Mr. Charles Atlas. Under what? Under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And then he could look around. Where do you figure that he got so proud and so arrogant that he would be able to display the secret that God gave him? Because he could look at the size of his arms and see they were no longer the arms of a shrimp. They were no longer the size of his biceps and all of his muscular ability about him. He had grown under the old Lord God. Help us in our Lord. Don't you understand? friends how dangerous it is for anybody that yields himself to the spirit of God if we're not careful we don't realize we're growing we're growing we're growing under that display of the anointing and if we're not careful we'll trust totally in the display of the muscles that we're building my God may God help us that we never get that way may God help us as long as there's a church on this hill that we never get to a spot oh we can have church without the Holy Ghost I agree we can have it but will be no more than any other cold formal denomination. Notice he says, Samson surrendered his strength to God. Where'd he get this strength? He's a shrimp. Everybody knows what shrimp are, right? He was not a lobster. He was a shrimp, but now he's becoming a lobster under what the spirit of God moving and moving and moving on this man. And now he's building where his flesh, his confidence in his humanity. Why do you think he would ever be seduced to give away such a secret as God had told him unless he felt like he'd reached the spot. He didn't need the secret no more. Oh, we're so predestinated we don't have to go to church more than once a month. We don't need to pray and read our Bibles. Yeah, you know what you're getting? You're building up your own muscles. You're building up your own confidence and your own ability. You're you're heading for a fall, Samson. Oh, my. Notice Samson surrendered his strength to God. But he wouldn't give his heart. He gave his heart to Delilah. See, that's the way with the people today. Oh, brother, they'll reach down. Now notice, they'll reach down and pay off debts and things like that and build a bigger denomination and so forth. But when it comes to giving their heart, they won't do it. Oh, so you pass the plate over. We're going to try to help brother so-and-so here. His house burned down. Yes, sir. I'll do it. I'll, I'll do it. Praise God. I'll reach down in there. And they can do that. Is that a part of them that God can bless? Yep. And actually God will turn right around and bless them for doing it. And they broke into that part of the commandment of God. And God will bless them back. And the next time they'll have even more to give the next time. Because they have learned to give that to God. And it doesn't really hurt them. You know, it doesn't really hurt. Them. But to reach down and maybe an old grudge or be able to forgive somebody or be able to really turn loose in the presence of God the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They just can't do it. So what do they give God? George Washington. It's easier to give old Abe than it is give old you. We'll drop Abe's and the offering and, you know, George Washington's. And then when God goes by passing, passing his plate for a collection, what do we drop in there? IOUs. Ooh. God, I owe you my all. God, I owe you everything. God, I owe you. So you know what you're doing? You're giving God I I know I need to be this. I know I need to pray. I know I knew. But when are you going to do it? so God comes by passing his offering plate and we drop in I owe you my life I owe you my soul I owe you everything my 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 this is some good preaching tonight sir because it ain't me doing it it's you I had my mind was going to stay on Samson here about 10 minutes and get to something else I'm burning to get to. But the main man said, shut up, Donnie, and let me do the talk.
1: Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Now, notice, again, Brother Bram tells us from once more, Samson, God gave his strength to use, but he didn't give God his heart. He gave his heart to Delilah and gave his strength to God. So it was not just his frame, it was not just his muscles, but now he had built enough strength in the human body, then God would take that. God would take the muscles that started out real, real tiny and flimsy, maybe like mine or even smaller than mine, and then he winds up being this great, big, muscular sort of guy because the Spirit of God has moved on. What did Paul tell us in the book of Hebrews? That we exercise our senses discerning the word from the sincere milk of the word unto the meat of the word by discerning our senses and as we do we grow thereby and as we grow our intellect is getting smarter we're hearing more quotes more scriptures and we can quote them as good as the preacher can anymore and if he misquotes it we will let him know that because we're going from our memory instead of our heart right So we will present that to God, but can we present everything that we are, or do we retain that and give God our strengths? Now, my strength is, I believe God, I do this, and I can do that. You see, many times, that's what we give to God. So if we got real strong faith, yes, sir, God, praise God, I'll give you that, Lord. Notice, this is what Samson is giving to God, not giving God his weakness. He's got a woman problem. But so what is he giving to God? His strengths. Oh God, I'm so strong in this. And all. This is here. God. God said, no, I want your weaknesses. No, now God, you don't want them. Let me, let me take care of that. I'll, I'll work it out. God, in time, I'll work it out. It'll destroy you. It will annihilate you. Notice he said you've got to surrender soul, body, spirit, oh my, strength, everything you are to the will of God and become a prisoner to him. You're going to be somebody's prisoner. You're going to be somebody, oh my, you don't belong to yourself. You're somebody's prisoner. You're either a prisoner of the devil knowing this truth and won't surrender to it. Or a prisoner to the world and surrender to God or the other. You're either the devil's prisoner to sin or God's prisoner to righteousness. Oh, hallelujah. Yes. You're one or the other. Aren't you glad you're a prisoner tonight of God? Yes. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All oh, people out running tonight having a big time. Boy, ain't nobody telling me what to do. Oh, yes, they are. And they're telling them exactly what to do. They are the devil's prisoner. And they do it under the auspices of freedom. I'm free. I come and go as I please. I do what I want. No, we don't. We do so by the man we're married to inside. Those who drink, those who lie, those who smoke, those who run around, you know why they do so? Their first husband wants nicotine. Their first husband wants alcohol or wants drugs. Come on. And so did yours and so did mine until we met the Lord Jesus. And by death, that first husband died and we got married again to another nature. Now we want to go to church. We want to live right. We want to do right. Why? The man we are married to demands it. Again, he says, notice what God will use. If he can just get a half-hearted man like Samson. Samson surrendered his strength to God, but gave his heart to Delilah. That's the way many times we do, just give something to God. Not all, but God wants Oh. But you see, friend, part of Samson's problem was his friends. It's who that he kept hanging around. Now, I realize that most of you working in public work, that you're going to have friends that you're going to work with at the shop. You're going to have friends you're going to work with at the bank, loan institutions, construction, whatever it is. But if those friends, which are unconverted, do not believe the light of this hour, they are your best friends, you need to be born again. You're missing something. Oh, but I'm just so close to them, tell them what you believe and see if they remain that way. Oh, well, no, I'm using wisdom. No, you're being a coward. You're not using no wisdom at all. Come on. But you see, Samson kept keeping a friendship and a tie to the Philistines. It's like he could not break away from the very enemy that God had raised him up to destroy, which is the very type of the world. That's what the Philistines represent. So uh, like, like like, then, so now, with young people, with older people, with whoever, I've seen it so many times with young people that a young girl will begin to like a young boy, maybe he's a compromiser, or it can be vice versa. He's a compromiser, and they really don't have an experience with God, Really don't want to go on with God. And in time, you watch that young girl. She will change. She will lose that element of her spirituality. She'll lose that sensitive touch that the Spirit of God can deal with. If it's a young man, it can be the same way that a girl begins to work on him. And he gets to where, well, you know, maybe mom and dad's just too strict. And maybe Brother Donnie is too strict. Look, friend, if compromising would help you get into heaven, I'd compromise tonight. But compromise won't help you or me. Compromising will take us to hell, not to heaven. Right. So Samson kept hanging around the Philistines. So one association would break off, and it's like there was a weakness there in Samson that he could never break totally away. And these people are his enemies. These are the people he sent to destroy, but there was a certain likability about the Philistines, especially the women. Well, I'm going to preach with or without you. I mean, it's up to you all. You see, many, many people, their downfall has been because of a close friend. Oh my, this this girlfriend, oh she is just so close. Oh, she don't believe like we do, and you know, she tells me every now and then that we're a bunch of nuts and all that. But we're just so close. You better watch it, sis. You better watch it, young man, because the devil is laying a snare for you. And if you're not careful careful, they'll begin to talk to you and begin to raise up questions in your mind whether you even believe what you believe or not. Oh, praise the Lord! Preach, brother Donnie. Amen. Notice this. Usually, the prophet said, if a man's going to be a believer, he's got to separate himself from his worldly friends. He's got to separate himself. Oh, he's not supposed to be nice, brother Donnie. That's not what the prophet said. Treat all men nice. Be kind to all people. This only kindness they'll get. That's right. I'm kind to everybody. I don't care who it is. Bobbed head, painted face, Jezebel, witch, dogs, whoever they are. I just speak and be nice to all of them. Because many of them are going to hell and they're going to be destroyed. So they deserve a smile every now and then. But you know what? For to be a friend? If you heard tonight that one of my closest friends was a drug addict and a drunk and a liar and a womanizer. And you said, that's Brother Donnie's close friend. Could you have confidence in me? no? Well, I'll have none in you when your friends are that way. Because there ain't no difference just because it's me and you. Sure, acquaintances, you'd call them friends, that's right. But when it comes to that camaraderie, there's only one kind of people the real elect. Can really get really close to them, that's the seed of God. That's right. So the prophet said, if a man's really going to be a believer, he's got to separate himself from his worldly friends. All the people, yoke yourself out up from amongst unbelievers. They'll only call you back into the world again. Oh my goodness! So they will call you back. Don't you understand? That's what demons are trying to do. Get you hooked up with a boy or a girl or somebody you work with. Oh, I feel so close to him. I don't say you don't. More than likely, it's a demon on you and a demon on them. Well, I I feel closer to them than I do my pastor. I definitely know it's a demon. Your pastor is your shepherd. Well, I feel closer to them than I do my husband or my wife. Yep, definitely demons. Hallelujah. No, the prophet said they'll only call you back into the world again now this is a type of Christian in type that Samson was so he was a weak hearted believer that could constantly be called back into the world of Philistia now the Philistines were a horrible people absolutely a terrible terrible ungodly wicked sinful people he should have never been over and over again identified with such a group of people weakness in Samson he could never give his heart totally to God look at the danger of an unsurrendered heart give God your muscles give God your ears give God your ability to fight give God your triceps your biceps your triceps, and whatever more steps you've got but God don't want all your biceps and your triceps God wants your heart God can do more with a surrendered heart than all your muscles all your money all your intellect all your looks Oh, my. Brother Branham said, when you're a Christian, you associate with Christians. And you go with Christians. And be a Christian. You've got to have the right kind of an environment around you. If you get out in the pool rooms and the dance halls and the shindigs and everything else and call yourself a Christian, the first thing you know, you'll be believing it's all right to do it. Okay, so you can be a Christian, you start going to all these worldly things, and you keep going over and over and over again, you miss church, then you know this and their service, and then that service, and you don't read your Bible, and the next thing you know, oh my, there's just as good of people here as they are church. As a matter of fact, I've been treated better by some of these people at this ballgame than I have at church. Well, I could probably amen that, but that does not change one thing about the truth. Well, praise the Lord. Well, brother Donnie, I don't go to church. There's too many hypocrites, all right? If you do not follow that same philosophy on Walmart, you're going to hell. Right? There's more hypocrites, more homosexuals, more lesbians, more liars, more idolaters in Walmart than you'll ever find it Happy out. But yet, you go to Walmart and get what you want. You go sit down to a restaurant, and a homo may be serving you, bringing your food out. Yeah. You want their hands close to your food? Praise the Lord. Oh, well, I don't pay no attention to them. I just go to Longhorn and I sit down and get me a steak. That's exactly my philosophy about going to church. I'm not coming looking for the hypocrites and the liars and the devils. I come to the house of God to worship. I come to the house of God to feed. So the first thing you know, you'll be believing it's all right to do it. Notice again, the Queen of Sheba. It costs something. That is a surrendered heart to the will of God. Sometimes it costs you your friends. It will, if so worldly friends. But he that will not forsake even his own and follow me is not worthy to be called mine. It costs something. Now let me emphasize this to you tonight before we change. Anyone here or anyone out here that winds up being cannon fodder go ahead. you will be so because you chose a cannon fodder lifestyle. If you want to go even if you're not bride God is not standing there trying to keep you out God wants you to come that's why he said whosoever will let him come to serve God but God won't let me that is a lie from the pits of hell if you want to serve God he is not standing there trying to keep you out come on saints he, he loves you so much John three sixteen. we all know it by heart Jesus himself the one quoting it God so loved the world the cosmos you can't get no lower than that that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him that includes everybody that includes a democrat and the Republicans and the Libertarians and the Liars and the Smokers and the Tobacco Chewers and the Church Members and whatever more. If they want to be saved, they can be saved. And if they wind up being cannon fodder, it is because of one reason. They chose to live a life of cannon fodder. My brother Donnie, what if you ain't bride? I'm going to win either way. Even if I ain't bride, if I ain't elect, I'm still going to be there. Only the difference is in proximity to the closeness of the throne where I'll be. I ain't going to hell. I don't want to go. And it would be against the justice of God to send me to hell when I love him so much. I want to be around him. I want to be around his people for eternity. He can't send me to hell. Now let's change our scene. We come to a very nervous time. The tension is so thick you could cut it with a knife. Everyone's anxious They're torn up. Things have culminated and led up to a certain spot and they know something's fixing to happen and they just don't have a good feeling that it's going to be well. They're just uncertain. Their minds are muddled and just unclear. The scene is before Jesus is fixing to be crucified. Amen. It is the scene with our beloved Lord and his disciples. They have been saved, as we call it, sanctified, St. John 17 personally baptized in water by the Lord Jesus himself. So they're saved, sanctified, baptized, and preachers. And they've learned how to surrender an element of themselves. And if you don't believe that, read Matthew 10. And you'll find when they come back on their report back from their missionary journey... And they're standing up there and said, Lord, do we cast out devils in your name? And this happened, that that happened. Jesus said, don't rejoice because devils are subject to you. But rather that your names are written in heaven. Amen. 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 Notice Matthew twenty-six thirty-one. Then saith Jesus unto them, all ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. Now remember, we're not talking about Ephesus. We're not talking about Pharisees, Sadducees. We're done past that stage. It's the that it is the apostles and they are gathered together. Oh my. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. No doubt he believed this. No doubt, Brother Terry, he believed this with all of his heart. Oh, my. But yet there was something about Peter's heart. He had never been able. And of course, the Holy Ghost is not given, so we know it cannot really consummate in a new birth. But even if it had been up to this time, Peter didn't have it because his confidence is so extreme in himself. He is so, can I say, cocky. He's just so arrogant. I and mean, you know how Peter was. I mean, he's always brazen and bold and all the time sticking up his foot, you know, and doing this and that and the other. And yet him looking at that and maybe attributing that to be an attribute from God. <laughs> nothing to do with God. Some folks look at their ability to argue and they think, glory to God, God made me this way. I think I'd question that if I was you. Uh-huh. That's why we don't get rid of many of these things in our humanity because we think they're God-given attributes. If we looked at them the way God does, how he despises them, we'd humble ourselves and turn them right over to him. But as long as you're thinking it's God, you ain't going to ask God to help you take it away. Well, preach, brother darling oh my peter answered and said unto him though all men now watch what he's doing now peter is elevating himself above all the rest of the brethren i don't care what jimmy does i don't care what jack does i don't care what harvey does i'll never do it glory to god hallelujah Amen." It all over me right now, I'll tell you one thing I'm not, I, 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 I. This is the most dangerous type of unsurrendered heart, one that feels their love for God is God's love for them. He feels his, his human love for Jesus is so strong. Oh, I, I'll never do it. I love you. But you see, that love that he was feeling was a contemptible love. It was a weak love. Friends, listen to me. The scripture tells us in the book of Jeremiah, the heart is so deceitful. Who can know it? That's true. That's, right. That's where I am. I know we said a lot, and y'all have said amen for years and years and years, but we still don't comprehend it. Your greatest enemy is yourself. Amen. Oh, Brother not it, God can only point out my faults. He does it service after service, but you think it's me. You think it's Brother Terry telling you that, or Brother Chisholm telling you that. What's the Spirit of God telling you? Oh, thank you, Lord. My, my. Peter answered and said, Though all men. Okay, now watch. Though all men. I'm greater than John. My love for you surpasses John. Oh, I know he's your pet. But I'll prove to you, Jesus, I love you more than John. Though all men should be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. You see, the very thing he's trusting in, brother Fred, is going to be the very thing that Satan's going to use to trip him up. Oh, praise be to God. Thank you, Jesus. You see, being self-confident, entertaining a greater opinion of himself, now you imagine Satan hearing him now, and him saying all those things, and Satan says, "Oh, say it, man, say it. That's where I'm going to get you. You are so confident in yourself. You're giving God your strength, aren't you, Samson? Look at your muscles." Look at your legs. Look at your neck, how much bigger it is. Man, it looks like you've been on steroids. Whew. Boy, have you noticed how big his arms are? Have you noticed when he walks? Oh, he walks like a sumo wrestler. He did look like an Oscar Mayer hot dog. Now he looks like a sumo wrestler. Man, look at him. Look at him. Wow. Oh, he's say, yeah, yeah, look at me. Look at you. You six-foot bag of dirt. There's one thing that makes you different than all the rest of this cannon fodder out here. God dropped the seed in that dirt bag. Praise God. Amen. Oh, yes. His steady attachment by the West to the Lord Jesus. And he looks at that and said, No, what I have got is so strong, there's nothing that'll pull it away. And most people like that, there's only one way the Lord can ever help them. And that is when they, on their own side, realize the attachment that they think is God. It is so destroyed and so humiliated and they come to the scrap heap of humanity. Yes, and then they look up from the bottom and say, I am so sorry. I thought my love and my this and my that. Whew. Now remember the Lord Jesus is just give them scripture. But Peter is so emotionally caught up, Harry. He's so tied up with who? Himself. That he absolutely will not listen to the scripture, the message for the hour. The message of the hour said, I will smite the shepherd and all the sheep will go away. He said, Not me. Think about it. I'm above the word. looked right at a prophecy glaring him in the face and said not me prophecy you don't know who you're dealing with i'm peter the rock when this gets done he's going to look like peter the marshmallow Some of you wonder why you wind up on the marshmallow stick sometimes. It's because you're so proud of your humanity. You're so confident in your love that you think is so strong. Your desire to do something for God. That's why God has to slap us up the side of the head sometimes. Woo. But you see, Peter still had an unsurrendered heart. Watch this in perfect strength, Brother Ben said, we mustn't trust the ability of ourselves or any man. We must completely yield to God. No ability, I don't care whose it is, will ever be usable in the sight of God. God has to get all of our abilities out of us before he can achieve his purpose. He's got all by. He's got something for us to do. And as long as we feel that we're doing a pretty good job. Look at me. I'm doing a good job. Then we'll never be able to be used of God. You see, the presumptuous person imagines they can do everything. But the truth of it is, most of them wind up doing nothing for God. Their confidence in themselves and their confidence in their gifts. Oh my, I've seen preachers get up and preach. And they were gifted speakers. There ain't no question about it. But they had that air about them. They had that something. You know what I'm talking about. Don't sit there and look at me like I'm from another planet. Will they ever go far in God? Never. God will never trust them. Never. Oh, I knew men at Pentecost that could dream dreams and have visions and prophesy and tell you what you had for breakfast and all kinds of things. Call you out and tell you things that you prayed about that very day and yet could never give their heart totally completely to God. But yet because of that, that's what they give to God. So they give their eyes where they could see visions and they give their tongues where they could speak in tongues and, and give them mental faculty where they could be able to interpret a tongue. And felt like, I don't need to give God this. I don't need to quit smoking. I don't need to quit running around. I don't need to lay all my girlfriends aside. Oh, my, praise the Lord. Boy, it's been a good service, ain't it? Man. <laughs> you see, the truth of it is, a person like this doesn't even know their own strength. And they definitely don't know their own weaknesses. Harry had never been tried to this place to where he's fixing to. But he stands back and look at himself and says, Are you kidding me? When it's all said and done, it'll be me and Jesus. No, when it's all said and done, it'll be Jesus. That's right. You and I'll be there by grace. Was you his sidekick? When he said, let there be light. Was you his sidekick when he took and stowed the stars off of the palms of his hands and said, I didn't think so. Was it you and him that died? For the sins of the world, was he on one cross and you was on another? Was it you and him that come back on the day of Pentecost? Come on, church. Was it you and him and Brother Branham in Sabino Canyon? simple reminder of your greatness. Drink a little first. This is you. Finger removed. A few drops on finger. Lick off the tongue. Where's the hole? The hole is you, not the finger. You say, that's some of your problem. You say, you're the finger. No, the only thing the finger does is when it gets in your eye. And makes you so blind that you can't even see. You're going to keep on. You're going to get me fired now, sir. You see, the strength of God would have been able to maintain the confession of God under duress and trouble but the strength of man can never keep the commandment of god we just can't do it friends it's just not in us sincere sure but what was to blame by the jack his humanity looking at i'm the first one i always stand up for him why, John, the little wishy-washy's always back in the background being real nice and sweet. Not me, I'd run apart. Bless God, you do something to my master, I'll mash your mouth. You go over, you're going to do something to my master. He's one of the bodyguards out there in front. Get off, get out of the way here, get out. I said, boy, praise God, I'm a deacon. I'll tell you one thing. I. T- well, them bunch of Pharisees come after my Lord. I'll, ha, 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 ya, ha, ha. <laughs> Praise God. It's a good thing Jesus chose me. The rest of these guys are wimps. I don't know how Jesus made it without me so far. I don't either, Peter. I honestly don't. Now think of it, friends. If he would have been right with God. Isn't that awesome to say? A preacher. And yet he ain't right with God. Jesus told him, when you finally get converted. Amen. I imagine that was so embarrassing. his face got He said, Lord, what would you say? that All right, in front of everybody. He said, Peter, when you finally get converted, I want you to strengthen the brother. And he said, can you imagine him saying that? He must have meant that for John. he depended upon his own human strength instead of saying Lord Jesus help me Amen. I don't want to betray you Amen. what can I do yeah,
1: good.
0: tell me what, what what can I do Come on. can I bypass this, this Is there somewhere I can leave me God, me give me strength Amen. Amen. but no Not Peter. (laughs) So long, John. A guy like this always has a problem with the John types. You see, God still has Peter and John in the bride. There's some folks that are John and they can't help being John. They're called close to Jesus and he just does that on his own. And then you've got others that's jealous. And they try to make themselves like John. So they fabricate visions, dreams, prophecies. I feel led to do this and I feel led to do that. It'll wind up with lies in it and error. What is it? Peter and John again in the same church. Can I have five more minutes? No doubt he saw it. It was God-given strength. So he ignored the prophecy of the Word. You see, a person seeking for this type of thing will always step over Scripture and quotes. That's why when a person comes to me with a dream or a vision or some type of supernatural so-called experience, and I give them the Word, and I give them the Word, and they'll always take that experience over the Word, I know right there, they're not truly born again. They keep doing it over and over and over again. No, they're not born again. Now, a person can be an heir and have the Holy Ghost, but if they've truly got the Holy Ghost, they'll always be corrected by the Word, not by experience. A real Holy Ghost-filled child of God puts the Word above experience, not experience above the Word. He ignored what Zechariah said. He also ignored what Jesus said that he was going to raise from the dead. And I'll come back among you. I think Brother Darrell preached that. Maybe I heard about it. Go tell my disciples and, and Peter. Let me read this and we'll close. Zachariah 13, 7. Awake, O sword, against my shepherd and against the man that is my fellow, saith the Lord of hosts, smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered, and I will turn my hand upon the little ones. I sat the other day and I read that scripture. I about tore the naugahide off of my couch. But you know what I realized? He was calling them sheep before the Holy Ghost ever give them a new birth. Let's stand and we'll close with this. Matthew twenty-six thirty-four. Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee that this night... Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me. So Peter saith unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will not I deny thee. His experience was so great. The feeling, the emotion, the vision, the tongues, the whatever more. Oh, it was so great. Stood right there in the face of the word and said, Word, you are wrong. My experience is greater than you, Jesus. Lord, have mercy, children. Look at the danger of an unsurrendered heart. That a person would stand right in the face of the word and argue with the word. Mark said it this way in Mark 14, 31. But he spake the more vehemently. Now, everyone's saying, "Now, Jesus, I'm telling you, now, it's just you're, you're wrong. I'm, I'm just telling." You. But he got all fired up, passionate emotions, just burning out of him. How could you believe this, Jesus? How could you believe this about your rock? If I should die with thee, I will not deny thee in any wise. And then they all get under Peter's spirit. Likewise, also said they help. Now, every one of them, because of one strong, arrogant, wrong leader, all the rest of them start saying the same thing he does. Now, every one of them is denying the prophecy of the word.
1: Right, right.
0: Everybody that's mad at me, you can buy me a a gift card from Cracker Barrel, Longhorn. um. Look, friends, as long as God gives me breath and sanity, I'm going to tell us the truth. If it tears the hide off of us. Beginning with me. Beginning with me. I want to be right, brothers. I want to be right. I'm not just telling this to you. I'm hearing this myself. When a preacher thinks that he's big, this, that, and the other, let him take heed lest he fall. Whether you've been preaching five minutes or preached for 50 years, it makes no difference. We cannot trust in our flesh. Praise be to God. You imagine the pitch of his voice. It was noticeable, the resentment. And his voice, the vehement tone as he enters into that. And no doubt he felt, Praise God, I feel it all over me. I feel, you would question, I feel. How pitiful. And in a few hours, I'm close. We find him maybe sitting down a stairway in the dark alley with his hands and his head laying down but at least he had enough sense to recognize when he was whipped let's bow our heads together if you would Lord children I love you so much and I have to preach hard to you like this it feels like somebody Picked up this pulpit and just whipped me and whipped me and whipped me with it. But I love you so much. I want to tell you the truth. Let's not trust in our ability. You musicians, you song leaders, you deacons, you trustees, us ministers, none of us. Let's not trust in what we can do. Let God anoint what's there, sure. Give your strength to God. Your brothers give your memory of your keys and give your years of playing. Give that to God, yes. But don't never think you can do it without Him. You can go through the mechanics, but it'll never be the same. I may like to be remembered tonight before the Lord. My hand's up as well. You see, self confidence is a sin. Self confidence is a sin. It's repulsive to the Holy Ghost. It's from Satan. It is not from God. Sure, you have to have confidence in the work of God, you being a Christian, but that's not confidence in you. That's confidence in what He has done in you. Let's lay our self confidence, our pride, before the presence of God tonight. Oh, hallelujah. Lord Jesus, I know this type of preaching makes us broken. And contract but if we can come under that Lord then it makes us to where we can be spared from setting down the stairway in a dark alley with our head in our hands weeping and crying after a terrible fall oh we know you're so merciful to pick us up when we fall but to me your mercy isn't there to keep us from falling if we we'll listen Some people's testimony, the majority of it is built up on what you've delivered them from after they fell flat of their face. Surely there's got to be some people in this bride whose testimony is made up of what you kept them from so they didn't have to wind up on their face. Then instead of spending that time on their face repenting, they spent that time on their face praying for the needs of the people and for the God-given ministry. Help us, Lord Jesus. You know how we are since Adam's fall. We trust in ourselves. We have so much self-confidence in our ability. And if we're not careful, we grow little by little from a shrimp to a lobster. We get bigger and bigger and more powerful and more gifted. And our muscles are getting larger in diameter. Forgive us, Lord. We need you, Lord Jesus, like never before. Dear God, here I am tonight, 62 years old. Been serving you for 50 years of my life. Been preaching since I was an 18-year-old boy. I hope and pray I never get to a spot to where I think I can do it without you. Well, oh, I know there are message preachers who stand proudly and say, I can preach whistle with or without the anointing. When I stand humbly and say, I cannot. You know I'm terrified when I walk up behind this door or any other door that I preach, whether there's hundreds or a handful, knowing that I'm going to be held accountable for what I say. Help me, I'll never get past that. Help me, I'll never become confident that I think I can do it. Help me to never think Happy Valley needs me and they can't function without me. Help none of us to ever get that attitude. The truth of it is, one day if time tarries, I'll be replaced. So will Harry, Larry. So will the drummers, the song leaders. But the church will roll on. We are all replaceable. But yet, Lord God, we don't never want you to be replaced in our lives. Help us, Jesus. Help us to surrender, Lord. Maybe it's a worldly friend. Maybe it's a temper. Maybe it's a no-traditional concept. Who knows what it can be? Help us, Lord Jesus. Would you take our hearts tonight, Father. Please, Lord, let the trauma of these foxes. Lord, I remember it years ago when I got fox bit. Lord, and that fox was up over Kim's face. I can still see it. I saw it the other day when I saw her there in Kentucky and I hugged her. All of a sudden, I had a flashback of being an 11-year-old boy. We was down in them woods behind the house. Kim had fallen down as she was laying on the ground. And that fox was biting her, nibbling on her arms. I put my arm around her and I had that flashback. Grabbing that pocket knife out of my pocket and going after that fox. Oh, I paid the price. He bit me, tore my hand open her and Harry and myself having to take them rabies shots but I'd do it again to spare my sister from that fox bite Lord God how many of these foxes have we dealt with Lord and I know every time that you show me something to deal with in their lives I know I'll get under attack I know it Lord I ain't dragging a pocket knife out this time I'm dragging out a sword Amen. If I see one of your children laying on their back, as it was, Lord, that rabid fox gnawing at their arms, gnawing at their heart, give me courage, Lord God. You know, Lord, I've always been sort of a cowardly sort of a person. I've thought about it so many times. What in the world was it to come upon me that day to help me go after that fox? It's the same spiritually. People that don't know me, they think I'm a fighter, they think that I'm a troublemaker. That's because they don't know me. If they knew me, they'd see me standing in the shadows, shaking with my sword rattling, my saber in its sheath, looking for the peaceful way out. Trying to think of could I say something else, could I avoid this? But all of this sudden the anointing hits. And the hand goes for the sword and draws it from the scabbard. Lord Jesus, help us, I pray. I know already from the text, the emails, the letters, that this little simple series about foxes has delivered people all over this world. I thank you for it, Lord Jesus. We love you, Lord, with all of our hearts. Help us tonight, Lord, with this little fox of an unsurrendered life. Standing right there, the prophet said, the Spirit of God struck you there. Then let him deal with you right there. Whatever it is about them, Lord, that's unsurrendered, help them. A preacher, a singer, a deacon, a trustee, whoever we are, may we be able to give it away. Grant it, I pray, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Come and raise our hands as a sign of surrender in the presence of the King. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You love him with all your heart, saints. You want to surrender? Surrender your will, your nature. Well, it'll cost you something for sure. But remember, the prophet tells us, things of value come of great price. He said, it costs me something to bring this message. And if it costs something to bring it, it'll cost something for you to live it. Sing something for us here. Let's just worship a little bit now. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Yes, Lord.
1: We need you, Lord
0: let's worship him together now oh sweet Jesus help me Lord my mind has grown stronger Lord by years of study my ability to quote the word my muscles have gotten bigger Lord my intellect but help me Lord I'll never rely upon that, Father. Help me, O oh God, that I present my strengths, my
1: weaknesses, every single I am, Lord. We need you, oh, Lord,
0: right out. singing with all of our hearts, praise the Lord. We
1: need you, Lord. our hands. Need you, Lord. the feet of
0: Jesus. Let's just love him together, saints. Let's just worship him a little bit now. Oh, he's worthy. He's worthy of our praise. Thank you, Lord. At the feet of
1: Jesus, we cry